0: all in with god's plan to redeem man and father god i thank you that we go all in so we can go all out we thank you lord that you just completely consume us from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet even the part of us that nobody knows about the hidden part that seems to be the struggle we push it in we go here it is god all of it lord jesus That I may have all of you, that I may walk in all that you have for me. I want to be consumed by your presence. And we thank you this morning. All that I have, it's yours, Lord. It belongs to you. And Lord God, I just want you to have all of me. And I surrender. I surrender all. As quietly as you did on the cross, Lord Jesus not fighting back not trying to get anything in recovery you just gave up all of you so that we could be redeemed and i thank you lord jesus on this easter morning it's a morning for all it's a morning to completely have total recovery not just a part of us not just pieces where we go back and this one thing that i wish i could get over i believe that today that chain is being broken i believe that that stronghold will no longer be a part of our lives lord as we go in all oh, lord jesus and say that not only just on sunday but monday throughout the rest of the week lord that we're free and who the son has set free is free indeed we submit our attention to you lord jesus that you have your way in complete focus because we fix it on you and our affections are toward you we give you praise for it in jesus name amen you guys may be seated. We've been focusing a little bit on, on numbers, uh, not the book of numbers, but actual numbers uh, of the Bible. And we talked about the, the last time I was here about six being the number of man or the number of humanity. And so today, we may as well enter into that is the number seven, talking so at the creation of God. And Easter is seven. It is completion. And then we're celebrating what, ju- what God finished and so this word that i've tried my best to say so i'm going to do my best and if you say it better glory to god for you Uh, sole deo gloria is the way i say it Uh, that's the way it works for me and it means to the glory of god alone to the glory of god alone give god the glory that means no matter what the problem no matter what the circumstances are i'm going to glorify god and him alone in genesis chapter 2 verse one through three and we're saying god is he did he worked all six days and now we enter the seventh day it says thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them and on the seventh day god ended his work which he had made and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made and god blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in in because that in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord God, that I submit to you and your will and say what you would have me to say rather than what I would want to say. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody say, amen, amen. How many of y'all know it's good to pray? and understanding that we, we enjoy praying and enjoy uh, lifting each other up you know i you know kind of like uh, celebrating victory how many of you you men men male people have, have, have done something where you're like you got even if it's a piece of trash you're about to throw away and you do the countdown shot 10 9 eight, and you make the game winning shot how many of you ever do that Okay, lie, lie, you for like, okay, only two of us. All of y'all know you've done that. Are you out there, you're mowing the grass and you racing, right? Anything you do, it's a competition. Like, I'm the best lawnmower, race NASCAR. This is the closest you're going to get to NASCAR ever. But you do it with this thing. When Nobody wants to score that first one, which, you know, I learned the, the reverse part of that is be the person that lead things off. Instead of waiting for the final seconds, a lot of times people pray that way, you know, 10, 9, 8, God bless this. And they hit the last shot. Well, God says, I've already completed everything. You are already finished. You don't have to live by just what you can do. You can live by according to what I've done. And that's the finished product. When we, over these, these times, we've been talking about uh, people, man, being short and not, no, don't. Don't connect it with my stature. Talked about Zacchaeus, that he was so short he had to climb up. Uh, you're not good enough to get to heaven in your own flesh, amen? So you're always going to be short. We talked about how to make a long story short. How many of y'all ever talked to some people that when they say that, that story has already been too long? When they say, to make a long story short, you're like, you, that should have been 20 minutes ago. In this story, you, you way beyond me. How long was the novel you were about to tell me? And so sometimes we make our stories too long. Sometimes hurt and abuses last long because we don't make it short by giving it to God. So if I'm still talking about what hurt happened to me many many years ago, that story, that story, that story is too long. And we need to give it to God so that story can become short and honor God with it. And so we talked about man's day. So God, on the sixth day, before we got to the seventh day, just trying to catch you up, God created man. Man's days is man's number. Humanity is six. It's the number of man. It's also the number of imperfection. Also, if you get too many sixes, as we talked about, six, 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 that's the number of the devil. So uh, ease up on that when you start to put your flesh into too many things that God needs to do. So then we go here and we enter into God. the last Easter, I was facing a defeat. I stood up here. I had lost a great battle. This Easter, I win. It was simple. I didn't get to wear this suit last Easter. It was banned. It was banned. But as I excitedly got to put it on today, I just held one hand up high. Went to the car, and was like, I win, win. And now, don't let Miss Rita know I've rejoiced over it. I just win. I got to wear my suit that is white this morning. Sometimes those are some smallest things can be some of the greatest victories. Like you couldn't ruin my day right now if you wanted to. Because sometimes you have to come up with who God is already is within you. Jesus resurrected was the completing step in perfection. So if I'm imperfection, Jesus raising from the dead is perfection. And that means that when I believe in Christ, that puts his perfection in me. He perfected getting up. Like Les Brown says, if you fall, try to land on your back. If you can look up, you can get up. It was the ultimate finish for man's day of six being the last day of life. And if you've ever, uh, we probably make the statement of you getting on my last, right? And you may as well say your last man. I'm out of humanity for you. You better hope God shows up now because I'm at the end of humanity. I'm starting to think thoughts that no longer relate to life. And Jesus says, let me get in there. If you're on your job and you're, you're having these whole same thing, emotional thoughts, and, and you go, man, I, I just can't do this anymore. And that's where you have to say, okay, God, I need you to take over because I cannot go any further. And God takes you to the next step. He takes us beyond that. And Easter is beyond the next, the next step, right? Because, man, on, on Easter, they rolled a stone in front. Man did all that they could do to lock Jesus in, and he still had another step. Some of us probably should have been done with our lives or over, but God says, I still have steps for you. And which, which, which equates to Psalms 37, 23, the steps of a good man, they are ordered by God. He still has steps. I know everything looks done. I know I'm out of time. I know I'm out of, out of my whatever, whatever I can do. I'm out of ed- education. I've learned all I can learn. And God says, but I still have another step for you. And it's okay for God to go beyond what we can do because he always will. So which no man, Jesus took the step no man could complete and gave man a path to God which no man could approach. His path, his path was I'm not, I can't be the Messiah because it says he was without sin. I've, I've since passed that point. And he died for us. So I couldn't be the sacrifice. You couldn't, no man could be the sacrifice, only Christ. But then he gave us access to what man couldn't do. Because prior to then, if any man saw God, he died. But Jesus said, I'm going to come and die for you so you can see God and live. Hebrews 11:6. 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. If you've ever been counted short, you've ever been told what you couldn't do, if you've ever been told what you'll never amount to, that's all they could see in their human eyes. But God has a different view of you. God has a better vision of you. God has a, has a better place for you to begin to see. And, and he begins to show us these great things. So I say, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And, and, and then God goes on. And without God, man's life is impossible to end with purpose. So I want to end with purpose. I want to do what I need to do to know that God has a plan for me each and every day. In Luke chapter 23, verse 34 through 46, and I won't do too much Greek and all that stuff, but Luke was a physician, so he gave things in details. If you've ever talked to a nurse or a doctor, they give too much information when they talk about the most basic injuries. My sister is a nurse, and she talks too much about stuff. She gives us too many details. Well, for Luke, he needed to give the details. So if you ever understood it and watch any of the movies, The Passion of the Cross, it's based on that because it's a medical journal of what he had to suffer for us to be overcomers. And then Jesus had seven famous words he says on the cross, seven famous statements. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. How many of y'all have ever had to forgive somebody? How many of y'all ever put that sentence to it, though? Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Or were you like me and go, they knew exactly what they were doing. They're lying. They li- I can't say that, Jesus. I know they did it. And it can be the most simplest of things that can happen to you that can set you off. And, and God says, forgive them. Forgive them for they know not what they do. If you went to HEB, those people lost their minds yesterday blowing at me because I'm waiting on a lady to get out of the parking lot so I'm waiting and they they blow their horn the people behind me "Eh!" and I just looked because I can't do what ungodliness does I have to act like a preacher even when I'm not dressed as one so I just looked in my mirror and it wasn't a man driving the wife had leaned over and then when I looked in the mirror she saw I looked she was like how many of y'all would've wanted to get out of the car? Cause I wanted to put it, pull up the brake, turn it off, get out and just go fellowship with them. Christian style, mainly, mostly Peter Christian style. Peter cut off a dude's ear for Jesus. That's what it was like, so all I did was I, I waved at him and I just pointed that I'm waiting on this. It was an elderly lady, you know, she was taking her, she was moving as fast as she could. So I'm not going to get out there and just rush her. So I just pointed. And the lady was still. And God says, be complete. Don't go back to six. Don't go back to being imperfected. And I said, but God, she really needs someone to tell her. Like only I could tell her that I'm waiting on someone. He goes, no, you'll sit there, and, and, and instead of uh, acting like a Christian, you're going to learn how to react like one. Because a lot of people know how to act like Christians, and men, very few know how to react like one. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to sit here. You know, I, the enemy jumped all over me about that, thinking, you let that woman dog you out. Like he was in my head. I'm walking through H-E-B, and now I'm starting to look for him. Okay? Okay? Now this is wrong. This is wrong. This is not Easter, what I'm thinking in my head. And he says, get your stuff and leave. And the enemy is like, man, she just did you like this. And like, have you ever had your mind just go crazy like somebody got away with something and you wanted to get even? But I know it's Easter. And y'all act like you've never done anything wrong. I'm going to tell you what was happening with me. I started deliberately looking because I could see her face clearly. And, And Jesus was like, pastor, can you see me right now? I go, nope. I can see this lady who just, and now I want to go and tip her basket over and run out the store. Just what was on my heart. I didn't do it, but I thought it. Right? And God says, if you don't change your mind, I cannot lead you. And he says, one of the famous first words, he says, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgive them, they didn't know you'd still be struggling with that hurt. Forgive them, they didn't know you'd still have memories of that. Forgive them, because they did not know what they were doing. They didn't do it under Christ. And I said, okay, Jesus. The other one, he says, today you will be with me in paradise. He says this to the thief on the cross, which means that he eliminate all the rituals to get to heaven. He says, if you'll just accept me, I'm taking you with me. There was no time to get him in a a new members class. There was no time to get this dude baptized. He was dying on a cross. Jesus said, I'll accept you right here if you'll accept me. I love the fact that God just receives. I mean, that's a tough thing to do, right? Because we inspect people. We investigate people before we receive them. Like you can come over, but first let me interview you and check your credit score. Behold, your son. He talked about family. And behold, your mother. And then the other ones where he starts to get deeper. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You think about God forsaking his son. He's looking at that whole part of for salvation, the call of salvation. He, He says these things. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then he says, I thirst. And then he says, it is finished. So all of those things... Don't sound like good times for Christ, but he was making it good times for us. He's telling us, here's what you can do to forgive. Know your family. Don't forget about your family. Realize if you're thirsty, let me be the one that gives you a drink. And let me also tell you that you are finished. You don't have to go complete yourself by others. You don't have to go audition for people to like you it's one of our big things with students in school they're, they're trying to be popular get everybody to get along with them and sometimes everybody's not going to get along with you especially when you have standards they're not going to like you he says i commit he says i commend my spirit jesus into your hands i commend my spirit and then jesus last seven words were about to forgive call to salvation family, relationship, to speak with God, have needs, completing what God started, and giving God all of me. Jesus' last seven words, complete, completed as he spoke them. So what has he said over you? As Miss Rita said, that, that we were talking about uh, her, her word on Jeremiah 29, 11, he knows the end he has for you. He knows. He thinks good of us. Thinks great thoughts of us. Thinks thinks the powerful word of God over us. And he says, I know the thoughts I have of you. They're thoughts that are good, not evil. And I don't care what anybody else says. I think good about you. Think I I wrote on social media. Don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God. Because sometimes we struggle with that, right? We just don't want Jesus to see my face. Too late. He's seen it. He knows it. Go ahead and just God, here I am anyway. Don't 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 stop because something's wrong with you. By the way, something's wrong with all of us. We all have to fight through that place. In Matthew chapter 16 verse 21. I love this one. I love this one. He says, from the time on Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of elders, chief priests, and scribes, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Now, he's telling his disciples this. Hey, look, I'm going to go before these people. These people are going to kill me. Now, if you really want hanging with Jesus, Jesus is like, hey, we got, I mean, his, his boys, like Peter said, we got to figure this out. In fact, Peter, if you read verse 22, which we don't have written down, Peter says, no, Lord, I, I'll, I'll go and fight for you. You cannot go and do this. And, and then Jesus gets mad at him and calls him the devil. Imagine standing up for someone who can't, who won't let you stand up for them because he knows that what he's going to lay down for is greater than what you could stand up for. And sometimes when we're defending ourselves, sometimes we need to just let it lay down so God can raise it up because nothing can be resurrected if it doesn't die. So I have to let anger, I have to let frustration, I have to let bitterness, I have to let all those things die. I have to let those emotional hurts, I have to let those things that have come against me die so God can resurrect them. And so part of me will not be just standing. All of me will be standing. So Jesus gave us an ending and settled that no matter what man's work comes against you, no matter what people are doing against you, it will end if you don't give up because your enemy's greatest number, the farthest your enemy can go is six. But you have a seven in you when you have faith. You have prayer. You have belief. You have God. I've got another step that I can take. He says, but God, God gave us the seven and call resurrection. It is simple as allowing what God got up to keep you from staying down. So he got up so I don't have to stay down, got up so I don't have to be in those positions, got up so he could introduce us to a greater way of living. And I, and I, and I, I'm thankful to God because there are days where I feel like, man, God, I've done all I could do. He says, finally, we can get on with the day being a spiritual one. Because as long as I can do it, I don't really need faith or God. So God wants us to get beyond what we can do. So what's inside of us, Pastor? What have I gotten when I got saved? What's, what's on the inside of me? Romans 8, verse 10 through 11, here's what's in you. This, this actually is on the inside of you. It says, if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin but the spirit is life because of righteousness but if the spirit of him that raised up jesus from the dead dwell in you he that raised up christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you so the same spirit that raised up christ lives in us you can get up from anywhere you can get up from anything you can overcome Anything that comes against you you can rise from that point point. and jesus was saying have easter Have a seven Have something inside of you that that wants to get up you have it already As we were uh, I was in Houston are actually I was in Baytown and we were doing this thing where we do introductions and and I was telling folks Pay attention because you never know what someone has been through and this one little girl came up and and she gave her part of her introduction she had been kidnapped three times of course. Then when she said, "Yeah, but they brought me back," and I go like that, I yeah, you wouldn't be standing here telling me about it. I mean, I can see they brought you back. I was like, "How did they? Who was grabbing you? Who was taking you?" And she, she began. She recalled the stories from the time she was two years old, three years old, and four years old. Three straight times, somebody's after. Her. I said, "You realize that there's a great responsibility for your life, because it was about to go sermon right there." There's a great call in your life. You realize that you've staved off death three times or staved off somebody taking you and, and, and really doing something to you. And, and, and I said, you gotta, you gotta know that, that there's a great plan. Even speaking to all of us out here, including myself, who's overcome something where I should have been dead, but, but God found a way and God made a way for me to enter his seven. When man had their greatest assignment, which was only six deep, God had a seventh sentence to get me free. Same thing with you. You stand there and so Jesus gave us an ending and settled it that no matter what what those things are, he settled it within us. We must understand that our natural day as a human always has an ending, but the spirit of God within us always has another step. He said it this way in Matthew 26:41 that says, "Indeed, the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak." there are days where my flesh just can't go anymore but if i've put in me what i should put in me the spirit will kick in and take over you know what i mean so when i get to my last nerve and if you got kids you have been fellowshipping with that last nerve if they're teenagers they keep you on it every single day to the point where you may you know praise the lord you may have to wonder if you even like them some days I'm raising the kind of kids I always told mine not to play with. Starting and finishing our day in the presence of God is part of the rule Jesus gave us after his death and resurrection on the cross. And I was uh, ministering to a friend of mine and he says, you know, I told him about some of my struggles uh, before I came to Jesus. He goes, no way. I never thought you went through stuff. I said, man, I'm the shortest male in my family. That automatically created, that's a fight right there for being too little. He goes, I never thought. He says, I, I never thought. And I think sometimes uh, if we don't let people know that we have some things that we struggle with that we have to have God help us through, they think it's impossible to get there. And so I said, no, here, here's where I am. And, and he was really having a personal struggle that he was dealing with. And I said, well, here's what God did for me through that particular situation. He had to bring me out. But I had to want to stay out, right? I can't go back in and use it like an escalator. You know, one day I'm up, one day I'm down. I don't even want to go into that song. But I don't want to use it like an escalator where I'm in and out. And I said, there are some things you have to just stay away from. Because if you start touching them, they don't want just a touch. They want to hold you in your weakest moment right? Just they, just they just want to hold on. They want to hold that thought. So he has a rule. God has a rule starting and finishing our day with the presence of God as part of the rule Jesus gave us after his death and resurrection on the cross. Literally, it means let the haters hate and let your God be great. Right? I like when little elementary kids, them hate us. I said, you're in the fourth grade. Get us some chocolate. Come on.
1: Your situation ain't that bad. Who's
0: hating you in the fourth grade? Other than you starting to, you know, I'm starting not to like you. But, but they, they, they'll develop this. But, but God says, let whoever doesn't like you and whoever won't receive you, let them go. No one can worship God like you can and no one can worship God for you. You have to have that to God, to the glory of God alone. To the glory of God alone. I'm only here by the glory of God in Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 and part of the cross and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ had redeemed us from the curse of the law let me have just a big roaring amen man isn't that good that the people that went before you can't be a curse on your now they cannot be a curse on your now. I don't, I don't care how bad. And, and guess what? Other people that knew relatives before you may remember what they did, but it's still not a curse to you. They can remember it. it said, Ben made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through Faith. And think about all that Abraham received and, and God using him when he was unusable in man's eyes, because his days were up, he and Sarah, and God used him to be a great man of, and acquire great things. So he said, I want that blessing to come upon you. I, I, I then come back to the fact of, God, how are you using me to do anything When people remember what I came from and who my biological father is, and they can remember verbatim all the things that he did to people and all the people he had taken out, how are you using me? He says, because you've been redeemed from the curse of that law. He says, that law was broken when you came to Christ. That law about you could not come upon you even though all the things that they were trying to teach you to become, I already had a word for you of what I've already made you to be. He says, they cannot redirect you and once you came to me, every law, because there are some laws that I think kids are still dealing with, the law of rejection, the the law of, of confusion, all those laws can be broken when they come to Christ. They're broken. He says, that's the only law I want you to practice on breaking is the laws that are coming against you through generational curses jesus dies on the cross i receive his death and then he took all those curses from me everything that they had set up everything that they had preparing me to do all those things that that these men who only had the number of six in their lives that was putting in front of me did not have another step that i needed because even though they were showing me you're going to be this and we're going to use you to do this you're going to do this i still felt empty until i got that seventh step which was jesus until i had an easter moment i couldn't there wasn't enough that i could have there wasn't i just didn't have enough and jesus died on the cross to break The curse of sin so that we can break the cycle of sin. Sometimes we're stuck in a loop. Same beat, same thing, same same little setup. And he says, "I, I broke the curse so you can break the cycle. Cycle. All the cycle of alcoholics in my family and all the cycle of drug addictions and all the cycle of crime and all the cycle of those womanizing, and all the cycle of of abuses all of those things broke as I came to Christ the cycle of turning the other way when people need help all of those things are gone because I came to Christ and he says because the curse of sin is broken the cycle of sin can't stay I give that cycle away I'm gonna give us an opportunity to do that as well So resurrection wasn't just for one day, it was a radical change. It was the ultimate change. It is for lives to be changed radically by the Spirit of God. And John 3.16 must not just be memorized, but it must be personalized, right? Here's my John 3.16 sign. For God so loved the world, but now I'm gonna make it personal. Jesus made it personal. Don't kill them, kill me. Don't hurt them, hurt me. Make it, put it upon me, and I will take it. And no matter what, no matter what anyone has plotted against you, it can't stand because of the steps that you have, and they're ordered by God. Amen? So Easter's all about. Jesus got up. He says, man, roll, put all the stones and put your guards in there. I'm earthquaking the stone. I'm going to roll that away. Think about it. If he gets up from the grave, obviously he's going to be able to move the rock. That was your message? Well, he'd be too tired from getting through all the dirt. They put a rock up to stop a resurrected Savior. Isn't that, I mean, think about that, how crazy that is. Oh, he just got out of the ground. A rock will stop him. go, what? Are you serious? And some people say that about you and all the things that you've climbed through and all the things you've overcome. They go, oh, we'll throw this one more thing. An insult will stop them. I love that one little kid said, mister, your head is bald. And again, I have to sometimes pause for a minute because the first thought isn't always the right one because I want to say something about his parents. But again, I'm sorry. Okay, I know y'all wouldn't. But I was thinking, well, thank you, little boy. Where are your parents. Where are they? You know, and little kids, they're so honest. Like They just want to know, where's your hair? Where is it? Why don't you keep it with you? <laughs> Again, where are your parents? Where is it? Why don't you keep them with you? I think the integrity of, of innocence, God wants to restore, right? And where y'all will stare and stare and look at me sweat, go, does that, is that leaking? Is that? Kids will be like, man, wipe that. Do something about it. what's wrong with your head? Why is that? What? What's happening with you? And there's a, there's a level of honesty that God wants to bring us back to, amen? And, and bring us into, all right? I want you guys to bow your heads and we're gonna pray over you. And as your heads are bowed and, and your eyes are closed, you know, just as simple as it is that God says, I, I want you to know that you're complete. You don't need anything else to finish you. If you know me, you are finished. And I'll, I'll do the work in you. I know there are things that, we're, that you're working on, but don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't reach heaven. I've got you. If you've accepted me, I've got you there. There's a seven, there's a completion. And Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus for each and every person here, uh, this, even here that maybe feel like, God, there just seem like to be that one thing missing seem like there's always something missing maybe there's there's a marriage here that feels like you know uh, we, we do all these good things together but we have this this one thing this one thing that seems to be over and lord god i just thank you for taking them from man's number to god's number and taking them from the imperfection to the perfection of seven emotionally I man, i can do everything good i i got everything right but these emotions this thing whatever unforgiveness what whatever it may be just keeps me at man's level keeps me at man's thoughts keeps me at a at a man size moment god i want to enter into the rest i want to enter into your rest in a seventh day miracle i need that and father god i thank you that as we just prepare our hearts and mind for whatever that may be and this is a time where it's personal it's between you and god so this was just just between you and god you could be in one of the greatest relationships ever and and you know you have a great person but but whatever's in you is keeping you from allowing that greatness to be a part of your life to be honest to have integrity you say man what's wrong with me it's keeping me from allowing what can be great with us and and today that ends that's over Today we we just give that over to god as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed you're praying just just praying before god if you're in here and you're saying i don't know jesus i've never accepted him openly if i were you know i just i just know if i were to walk out of here today that i'm not right with god and i've never accepted him it's heads about eyes are closed people are praying if that's you don't just raise your hand and and put it down we just want to pray over you we don't want don't want to feel like they're out of place we just want you right with God. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So we receive this part of us. God, we're here. We're in the house. Last question. You're in here and you're saying, I, I need to recognize my seven. I seem to stop on a, on, a, on a man's level on humanity. And maybe with your kids, maybe all you know how to do is scream and yell and god has said i, I you, you need to walk into seven where you can have a little bit more patience and a little bit more peace and a little bit more belief a little bit more faith and maybe it's your your marriage or whatever your finances He said, i i always seem to be short i always seem to be stuck right here in a man's place father i, I want to get to that place and and acknowledge the seven the completeness of, of my life if that's you i want you just to slip your hand up and thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you just want to pray over you i just don't want you to go out of here short Father, we just pray. I thank you for each and every person that lifted their hands and said, God, I'm I'm tired of stopping on me. I'm tired of just circling the Jericho wall. And I know it's supposed to be a seventh step, but I stop on six. I stop on emotion. I stop on frustration. I stop on doubt. I stop on unbelief. But I thank you, Lord Jesus, that here's another step. And I know you've made it available for me. So I'm going to take another step, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Father God, for the opportunity to be complete and finished. And, and no longer will I say I have all these things together except this. No, 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 no. It's all. God's got all of it. And God's blessing all of it. I'm going to go all out because God went all in. And because I go all in, God's going to go all out. And I thank you, Jesus, for the complete work of Christ being completed in me. And the same spirit, according to Romans eight eleven, that raised Jesus from the grave, dwells in my mortal body and lifts me up. Thank you, God. Thank you for raising up marriages. Thank you for raising up relationships. Thank you for raising up children with the ability to hear, hear what their parents are saying, the ability to understand and respond in in a respectful way. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're worthy to be praised. And we give you all the glory for it. To God be the glory alone. In Jesus' name, everybody say, amen.